You're listening to a very moody sports show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Brought to you by Moody and Sons Electric. For any electrical needs, call Moody and Sons at 864-478-4328. That's 864-478-4328. Welcome into a very moody sports show. I'm Daniel Moody. And this is Zach Whittington. 65, Daniel. Don't have an athlete, Zach. I just re- remembered we needed one. Oh, that's fine. I'm going to wait till the end of the that's show. That's fine. We'll, we'll get there. I've, I've been sitting on it. But listen, we do have a special guest in today, Zach. Is he number 65? So how old are you, Paul? Not 65, are you? Uh, 40 years short. 40 years short. All right. Well, that's disappointing, yeah. Paul. Um, Paul Segal in here, our obviously resident uh, South Carolina fan for the podcast. We are going to get a few takes and uh, opinions, Paul. We wanted to get your opinions on Shane Beamer hiring. And we got plenty of other things going on in the sports world this week. But before we get into that, Paul had a suggestion for us as far as an additional podcast we could start. Yeah, this this whole idea is like about 25 seconds old. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just a new segment. You know, it could be during a slow sports week, especially once football is over. Things will probably slow down a little bit. Uh, have a, a sports movie uh, review podcast. You know, remember the Titans. Uh, we are Marshall. There's a lot of good, a lot of good picks to, to revisit there. I go Angels in the Outfield is one that pops in my okay. head instantly. But okay. yeah, I definitely feel what you're saying. I your like. Favorite? What's your favorite sports movie? Uh, see, mine's an underrated sports movie. I actually watched it recently. It's called The Express. It's the story of Ernie Davis. Uh, we probably talked about this on the pod at some point, but it's basically. Uh, just the college story of Ernie Davis, the first African-American to win the Heisman Trophy. And it's just a really well-made movie, very enjoyable if you enjoy a football-built uh, movie. Um, it's very intriguing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Zach, what's your opinion? Any thoughts as far as the first movie you would want to review? All right, well, maybe not review. i got to get my two sports movies out of the way already because the obvious one for me that's probably a little more popular, Waterboy, Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. Classic. funny every time put me on an island it's probably up there it'll make the if you gave me like five movies to take i'd probably take water boy you know is one of them and then a secondary movie that i actually may like a little bit better than water boy the replacements keanu reeves shane Love falco ringing a bell for anybody so freaking good that's that's a deep dive i that's, like the replacements with uh keanu and uh Shane Falco, he lost the Sugar Bowl, and they try to hold it against him all the time. But then he came back and uh, for the Washington Senators or something, and won them the Super Bowl. Maybe I don't know. They probably called it something else. It was their <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah, but it was sick. Shane Falco, the replacements. Um, maybe well, review a movie we haven't seen. That would probably would be a so good start I, too. I, there was one good one I haven't seen in a very long time. The Mark Wahlberg Invincible movie, the Walk oh, on the Eagles. Eagles player. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Could also throw it way back to the Little Giants. Uh, Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks. I mean, that's been a good 20 years since I've seen that. <laughs> um, we yeah. just watched Space Jam. Space Jam. That would be the probably the instant classic. Space Everybody, Jam 2 even? Space Jam 2. We will review. Thunderstrike. Some, I, I just Kevin thought Grant. of it. Ultimate plan. We review movies up until the release of Space Jam 2 in which we take the mic equipment to the theater. 
and we review live as we watch it the first time in theater. Isn't there like a big screen at the beginning of the movie that says don't do that? I mean, we're audio <laughs> recording. I'm not video recording. Uh, Just here to talk well, about the movie. You'll hear your voices while the loud theater audio is in the background. We work, have a whole team. They'll handle that. Work in and progress. <laughs> Listen, I'm the talent, all right? That's what I'm trying to say. I'm the talent. I don't have to do all this work, all right? But that being said, sports to talk about. Guys, we slightly neglected it last week because we were sort of recording that last second pod for the week on Saturday. But the Greenville Triumph, we do have some great news coming out of the Triumph. Zach. whole bunch of news. A few group big signings. Uh, as far as we are returning, J.J. Donnelly, Lachlan McLean, Alex Morell, Cesar Murillo. Uh, also, we'll be bringing back Defender of the Year, Brandon Fricky. You yep. just motioned the goal-saving <laughs> machine, <laughs> Golden Glove, Dallas J. coming back as well, which is Best the biggest the stunning. Best keeper in the league. <laughs> um, stunning, man. That's a stunner. As I thought J- Dallas J. was going to definitely get a big contract with some team. Oh, he did. Um, with us. Greenville. Um, so yeah, we got a lot of big signings. A couple noteworthy people not signed back for their uh, last year on the option. Zach shaking his head. Colin Striplin. We're losing our Ibra Hemrovich, man. I want my Ibra back already. So we had our own version of Zlatan in Greenville, but contract disputes, something. I don't know what it is. Well, and it is potential that uh, as trade talks and stuff go along, he could re-sign with the team, but they're just not willing to pay him how much he was on the contract for. Um, He's asking a high dollar. I mean, he's allowed to. (laughs) Um, So... And then also you have Jake Keegan, Omar. Not coming back? Uh, they have not signed new contracts. They just had expiring uh, contracts. But you would assume that they're going to work something out. That may just be a fact that uh, they're trying to figure out a good number with them being, at this point, long-term veterans since the start. So let me ask you this. Um, as like a Greenville Triumph player, potentially, like, are you coming back because, one – you probably didn't get as many looks because COVID shut down a lot of scouting. Two, to play that championship game, run the gambit again, and prove that you were the best team. Well, I think it's a little bit of both. You definitely have gotten my brain ticking with the thought that it's hard to go recruit people, pick people up if the scouting's not allowed to go to the games and stuff like that as far as getting to view the players. But I do think with the triumph alone at least, there is something to be said with these players want to be here. Um, Just if you follow them on social media, the players are always active in the community. They enjoy being in the community. I think the community embraces them really well, which makes them want to stay. Um, So, yeah, I think it's a little bit of that. But, yeah, I definitely think there's also just talk in that locker room where, like, man, I see it. That's a dominant team, and they're not going to stop dominating. So the likelihood of them repeating or at least getting back to the championship – very likely. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, and yeah, like you said, hopefully they get a chance to play in a final, uh, play the final next year. And we got season tickets. Season tickets, Zach pointed out. Don't have to go buy tickets Haven't or anything. bought a thing. This was for last year. I still went to all the games. It's going to be so nice, man. You can, uh, between a few beers and a parking pass and a ticket, you can drop some money at a Triumph game. Worth it. And don't go to the merch tent if you're easily swayed. But. I was going to say, merch tent's where they get you, man. That stuff is quality Gotta fire Gotta have my here. merch. 
Um, so yeah, and there's also one other news out of the Greenville Triumph. They did today sign a new player, Don Smart. Uh, he, I do believe, is a midfielder, but I just love the name. Classic Dude. name, Don Smart. High, high IQ on the field. Does that have anything to do with uh, his last name being the same as the Georgia head football coach? Honestly, Paul hadn't even made the connection, but that is even more solid now. But I honestly, the fact that his name is Don sounds like he's 85 on the soccer field. <laughs> so um, I think that's all we got out of the Greenville Triumph. Yep, no witty comments. Uh, no witty comments from the Whittington. <laughs> um, we do have a little NBA news. Zach with a sad, heart, heavy heart. <laughs> I didn't think we were going right into this. It's all such right. a thrilling start to the season. So, resident... <laughs> Boston Celtic fan Paul asked me a question off a pod. He said, so, how do you feel about this uh, Gordon Hayward thing? And then he broke his finger today. So... I didn't even know about that. Preseason, preseason, we're two games in. He has balled out. Looks great. Dunk the ball, pass the ball, shoot the ball, fade away. He's doing awesome. Broke his pinky finger. They called it the fifth finger on his right hand. Is that your pinky finger? I mean, yeah. what are other we counting left to right or right to the, I count left to right. If we're like getting real technical here, the thumb's not a finger. Oh, uh, well. These are fingers. He has a half five And this fingers. is a thumb. So <laughs> Appendage. There is uh, some misreporting here somewhere along the lines. It's a little blurred lines, but he had a fractured finger. He's going to be fine. Uh, if, yeah. I if he would have tore his Achilles or quad today, I probably would have cried. But, you know. It's yeah, he'll probably miss the preseason. He'll be good to go. Yeah, preseason's only two season. more games. Yeah. Who cares? Just get the young guys out there anyway. You've already seen your starters play. You weren't going to play them much anyways. Yeah. LaMelo Ball, though. LaMelo. Are, are you in on the hype? So, game one, zero points, ten rebounds, five assists. And he pretty much had every highlight on SportsCenter because that's all. My Twitter feed, not my Twitter feed, my Instagram feed, for the first time in my life, is just full of Hornets highlights, and we're losing the game. But LaMelo goes behind the back a couple times, throws a couple alleys. Looked even better in preseason game two. Made a... Two or three three pointers had a bunch of cool assists. I mean, he's he to me he looks like one of the best picks in the draft. I don't think he's a bust already. He looks as good as Lonzo, but more competent with the ball in a scoring fashion. He's six foot eight and he's nineteen years old. Like as much as you want to hate on Lavar and the whole ball family, they got bodies. Like I've said it, like Lavar played in the NFL. <laughs> so I mean, six foot eight Lamelo. I was like cringing a little bit on draft night because I wanted a center, but now I realize Lamelo was the move. You still got Terry Rozier, you still got Devonte Graham, you got Gordon Hayward. That's some names right there. That's some scoring of the basketball. Oh, yeah. You got two competent guards, three guards. You got Gordon Hayward. Miles Bridges has been showing out preseason. You need it because the the East has gotten a lot more competitive. With yeah, the signings. that's the only unfortunate thing is the East is pretty good right now but the Hornets are pretty good right now and we're young and you got PJ Washington at the four you got Biz Magbiombo and Cody Zeller splitting minutes at the five with two young draft picks you're probably gonna have to make a move I see I see somebody on the bench maybe Terry Rozier is getting bundled and you're making a move for a bigger center I don't know who it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a Capella type you just need someone who's a seven foot athletic can throw it down every time LaMelo lays off a pass under the basket like DeAndre Jordan sounds great, but we're not going to get DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I don't know who the person is. We're not getting Joel Embiid. <laughs> You're not getting somebody like that. So maybe maybe one of these young guys ends up doing great. Maybe Bismack Biombo has a great year. Cody Zeller actually finishes around the basket and 
all this attention around the ball helps, but Gordon Hayward breaking his finger today was not the best news I have heard. Well, Paul, uh, the Celtics, I know they had their first, second preseason game against the Sixers last night. Have you seen anything that intrigues you? Obviously, they're coming off the, like you said, Gordon Hayward not in there anymore, so sort of just being built uh, around Jason Tatum at this point. Uh, yeah, um, the, you know, it's a lot of new pieces. Uh, they signed Tristan Thompson. And uh, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, Jeff and Jeff Teague, two names that you don't really hear a lot about. Uh, you know, it's, good it's players good. though. Oh yeah, no, they're they're good role players. Um, I, I'm I'm I mean, Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown are is the is the core of the team. Uh, Marcus Smart's the wow. heart of the team. Wow, but, that doesn't uh, it. It sounds worse than it is. It, it, yeah. It's it's actually pretty good, but like you tell me, it's Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart, and I'm like, Ugh, that's not that convincing, you know? Well, yeah, and then Brad Stevens is a great coach. He'll figure out how to kind of uh, get them. So let me ask you. Let me let's talk possibly. about Brad Stevens being a great coach. Mm-hmm. There's some argument that it that they're starting to question that because you had Kyrie, mm-hmm. <laughs> you had you have Kimba. Yeah. And then you still didn't do anything, you know, both times. And, yes, you got young guys. I understand yeah. that. But do you ever question Brad Stevens as a Celtics fan? I mean, sometimes, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but, I mean, Kyrie is Kyrie. He's a weird guy. <laughs> He's he. It's very well documented how, what kind of guy this is. Um, so I don't really put that on him. It's Kemba's first year yeah. here, and, and he had some a little bit of injury problems, nothing crazy, but – I mean, we were a game away from the finals last year, so um, I'm not really too worried about it. Um, I don't know if we'll be as good as we were last year. Um, I think losing Hayward does uh, hurt a little bit, but um, I don't know. I'm pretty optimistic overall. Anything around the league, Dan, you've seen? I mean, you got New Look Lakers with Trez Harrell. You got some faces in strange places so uh personally not a lot only thing really did notice uh and oh, it will say big news today though biggest contract in history oh Giannis, yes massive supermax staying in milwaukee so we can't skip over that i mean well and that sort of changes the whole outlook of the next coming season as far East. as like if you're going to have where james harden's ending up because now it looks like he's probably going to be staying with the Rockets, most likely could be moving, but definitely not ending up with the with the Bucks. So that's something that's sort of off the off the table now. Um, but as far as preseason, what we've seen play, the only thing really intrigued me, Zach. You tell me of what you think of it. Uh, obviously, the Heat played the Pelicans on the second game of the Pelicans uh, preseason. Uh, Zion Williamson plays. I do believe it was about 40 minutes or 35 minutes. Um, And so, and you know, he's dominant, looks great. I'm pretty sure he was about 8 for 13, 10 for 11 from the free throw line. So is that something you think you're going to see through the year? Do you think his conditioning is there? Or do you think we see what we saw in the bubble where he starts tailing off just because it's a lot of work to get that body around that court easily? Yeah, it's year two, though. Game's slowing down. Game's already slow for Zion when you're floating through the air. And, uh... Dude, he's a prodigy. It's impressive. He, he, I was he, impressed. He's, he's a six foot seven prodigy. He's like, man. like he is. There's you can't stop it. Well, the nice. only thing that's going to stop him is if his body fails him, 
and he has every resource in the world to follow the LeBron plan, follow the Brady plan, follow the Russell Wilson plan, invest in your body. Basketball gets you in shape too. He's going to play minute. If he's actually not on a minutes restriction, he's going to lose weight. Like it's, it, you can't not lose weight playing basketball. <laughs> New Orleans food. <laughs> but you're on the road. You're on the road. Okay, true. Yeah. So at home games, you better watch out. <laughs> well, but. and I did see where uh, some uh, I saw on ESPN uh, talking as far as like comparing him, and you said, you know, is his body going to give up on him with Zion Williamson? One thing to note is he isn't exactly your big just go down the court straight from the from the free throw line go dunk it he sort of gets in the he post he works you, you he'll post you up but he does use a lot more of that bulk to move you rather than just try to go over you another so thing is too i think that's something to key that will keep him young i don't think zion has to do that much you have like literally he's just kind of off ball wait for Lonzo to throw it up perfectly to you, or Brandon Ingram to take everyone to the other side of the floor, and he's either going to score or they're going to whip it around Alonzo, it puts you to you back door, and you dunk it. Like, It's a great situation right now in uh, New Orleans for Zion, for Lonzo, for Brandon Ingram. Who's the Jackson Hayes is their center. Stan Van Gundy, head coach, yeah, first got, year. It's going to be a pregame to watch the Pelicans. I definitely think that's one. The larger Gundy. But, uh, <laughs> and then there's a... Jeff didn't get a job, did he? He no, was Jeff did not. for uh, the Rockets and the Knicks again. But did not happen. Um, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Uh, well, one note from college basketball. Uh, there was a big, big uh, fuss at, with Paul Hat here. It just happens to work out. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski, after losing two uh, out-of-conference games, <laughs> Michigan State, and I do believe it was uh, – uh, Illinois. Illinois, that's what I thought, the fighting Illinois. Um, after two losses, Mike Shevsky said that they did not, he didn't think they should have played an out-of-conference schedule, and they ended up canceling their last out-of-conference game. So, Paul, did you sort of agree with that? You made a comment before we started recording about what you felt for just basketball, college basketball in general. Yeah, um, I mean, it's hard because it's a little bit easier with football because it's outside. Um, a lot of the, even practicing is outside, and basketball is all indoors, and there's no bubble with college basketball like there was with the NBA. So it's hard to travel and, and do things like that and also you know, be COVID safe. Um, as far as him um, you know, sitting out those games, I don't really have a big problem with it. I don't think the two losses really has much to do with it. Um, I mean, you got to think – you know these these players aren't getting paid. They haven't seen their family in you know however long. Um, that's probably taking a toll on them, especially kids that are you know mostly freshmen um, coming out of high school. Uh, that that's a tough ask. Um, it, and I don't really know how that speaks for the rest of the year, how college basketball will handle it. But um, I'm I'm not too upset about it. Yeah, I definitely can feel you there, especially like you said, with these players being on campus. Like some of these players have literally been on campus since like March. Like they've spent ten months, twelve months on a campus, away from family, away from normalcy with their life. So definitely know what you mean there. Um, we'll see what happens with college basketball. It's definitely like Paul said, a little harder to follow protocols and keep things a little safer as versus football. But we'll see how it goes in the long run of it. Um, and uh, with that being said, 
a little college football discussion. Uh, we have, obviously, this is main reason we have Paul on today. The South Carolina Gamecocks had made their hire for head coach last week, Shane Beamer, uh, son of Frank Beamer, famous head coach out of Virginia Tech. Uh, so, Paul, what is the feelings? We sort of talked a little bit before the pod, but give me give me your thoughts, your feelings. Well, um, so as a South Carolina fan, I, I kind of have to temper my expectations and, and, and kind of be realistic with things because they uh, tend to go bad. But uh, this is probably the uh, most excited I've been about about South Carolina football and the direction of the program since uh, Steve Spurrier was there. And um, I think the biggest thing is that just the culture change and he was there when we were at our best. Um, he's a great recruiter and a lot of the detractors will say, you know, he didn't, hasn't had a head coaching job or coordinator job or whatever that might be. I don't really think that's a big deal. Um, I think if you're, for one, the son of a legend, um, and then B, you have been to major programs like Georgia, Oklahoma. Um, he's worked at Virginia Tech as well. Um, I, I'm excited about it. He's young. He wants to be there. It's. Uh, I think the fan base in general is is pretty excited about him. I'm not expecting, you know, us to compete for the East. Definitely not next year or, or probably the next. But um, I'm I'm excited for the future of the program for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I totally agree with you. I think he's I think he's the right hire, and I do think there's that. Like you said, there's going to be a culture change as far as like Shane Beamer is going to bring in this thought process that like y'all are y'all are going to be competitive. You're going to win, um, and it, like you said, it's going to take a couple of years to get there. But because you're in a conference, uh, the side of the conference that not as strong, I do feel like if you look at the conference of the SEC in general, the East is looking a little bit stronger as far as compared to the West. To top to bottom um just because you know lsu being where they are you don't really know exactly what to expect out of them i did just see they got the second uh or they are number four in recruiting class uh at this point with today being the start of the early signing day um so but and then auburn you have no gus miles on gus bus sent a pack in um and then you got uh, old miss and mississippi state both have a probably a couple more years before you say they're going to be competing exactly where they want because you got to get your recruiting classes in there with uh, lane kiffin and with mike leach um and then i mean a&m's right there but you sort of wonder what their quarterback situation is going to be looking like going into next year where i look on the east man you got Florida, you got Tennessee looks somewhat good as they uh, break in a rookie quarterback for the back half of the season. Uh, you got uh, Kentucky can always prove to be somewhat of a contender. Um, and then obviously you got Georgia and I think South Carolina is going to be pushing right there. Missouri looks like they're up, to, headed towards the uptrend. So I do think it's interesting to watch as the, e, the SEC seems to be switching power a little bit as far as conference or sides of the conference. But uh, Paul, Zach, and I, or we were having a discussion before the pod as far as just college football playoff rankings because this is the big topic in general. Um, and so Zach was watching Colin when we got in here, and he had a, sort of sat down and said he sort of agreed with Colin's take as far as Colin was saying that uh, in a 
and it's tough, man. Everybody wants to talk about this year like it's a normal year. This is not a normal year of college football. Uh, Colin was saying that he believes it should just uh, there should be more scheduling of uh, between big get, big conferences and big uh, schools. So like Ohio State playing Oklahoma's and Bama's and stuff like that. This is a year where you literally could not schedule out of your conference. Yeah, Colin plays into the big corporation mumbo jumbo like Starbucks and McDonald's are going to rule the world. Like Alabama and Clemson are going to rule college football, which. First off, as a Clemson fan, that sounds ridiculous. Like, you're literally saying we run college football. I get it. We've been good for five years now. But I'll pump the brakes a little bit. Like, I don't know. It's like – and then he wants Ohio State in there, for instance. Like, Ohio State gets an automatic bid with five wins. Like, just because they're the best team. And I can argue any standpoint, basically. But I understand what he's saying when we're going to put Ohio State and Alabama in the four-team playoff and not let Coastal – get blown out by 50-something points in a playoff game. So when you have that in mind, I get it, but I don't like the overlapping thought to just because these four big programs are there every year. And they're even – because he keeps saying, these teams are here at the end of a pandemic year because they would have been here anyways in a normal year. So I don't like that argument because anything can happen. Theoretically, Coastal could beat Bama on a last-second play or beat them by 20, but – What's really going to happen? What's likely to happen? Bama's probably going to win by 50 points. So I understand not putting Coastal through that, where, Paul, you were arguing that's good for the program to make the playoff and stuff. You sure it doesn't, like, turn recruits maybe off because you made it to the playoff and you were that close? Y'all went undefeated, made it national championship, and lost by 50-something points? Like, that's discouraging. Like, people are going to talk about that forever. Like, Clemson still gets crap for the West Virginia loss in the Orange Bowl. Ten years ago, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? Um, I, I mean, I think short term, yeah, probably the loss looks pretty bad. But mm-hmm. I mean, overall, I think if you have a program, uh, non-power five that is consistently competing, then that looks good for recruits. So, I, and I, and it makes better for parity in, in college football to where you're not having the same four teams every year, and and they are, and they usually are the best teams. And it's hard to argue that. Um, one of those four doesn't deserve it every year. But uh, just me as a college football fan in general, I'd like to see some new blood in there. And um, you actually want more than that. You have a whole proposed yes. system yes. for the NCAA to adopt. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm ready for the 18 <laughs> playoff. I'm ready for it. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, a big, a big thing for the playoff right now is I think there's a little bit too much uh, of the eye test being considered, and I think that's why Ohio State is in right now. Um, and, and granted, there have been a lot of other years where the, the fourth seed is not very competitive. Um, but I'm, I'm for the 18 because you, you need to have some sort of a, a system that guarantees if you do this, you're in. If you don't, you're out. So mine is the Power Five conference championships are all automatic qualifiers. Uh, you get one non-Power 5 conference champion, and that can be determined. Such as who? The, like, uh, it, you know, out of the AAC. Your or Cincinnati or, or your Coastal yeah, for yeah. this year. Um, yeah. and, that, and whoever that one is can be determined by, by the committee. Um, and then the other two spots, I think, are your at-large, where you have, like, Bama, where they don't make it to the SEC championship and still get in, um, or... Um, other teams that uh, weren't in the conference championship, but were still really good. Um, I think, you know, just adds a little bit uh, more parity. And, and, and it's, you know, if they don't even win the games, that's that's fine. Obviously, you want to win the games. But if you're 
you know, a non-Power 5 school and you're consistently getting in the playoff, I, I, you know, who's to say that they don't win and, and knock and off? And there's a, more of a chance for you to get to the playoff with an 18 playoff. Maybe yeah. 16's too much, but I, think I agree with much, you with yeah. the uh, program building effect of a Cincinnati making mm-hmm. the 18 playoff. Because what if you make it twice? Yeah. You're officially a program at that yeah. point. Like, you weren't a fluke that year. Like, Michigan State made the playoff once haven't even been close to back, you know? So we don't consider them an automatic bid type team. Yeah. Like, Oregon hasn't made it back. So I totally agree. But an 18 playoff, it's very likely Oregon's in there most years, you know? <laughs> so And, well, and the big concern as far as an 18 automatic bid system is the fact of, like uh, Paul said, you have those spots, two spots for a Bama that doesn't make the SEC championship. But, like, on the random year, you get a four-loss ACC championship champion or SEC champion. Do you really feel like a four-loss Tennessee, let's say, deserves the playoff just because they beat somebody in the SEC championship? You already have four losses on a 12-game season. As just the world sort of currently sits, his no. loss. But in a world where we've already accepted automatic conference championship bids, yes, that because that championship game is now super important. That's factual. It puts more stress on your championship game and your regular season in general as far as making there. This overlapping effect that would happen with an expanded playoff. You don't have every player going to Clemson and Bama because there's more chances to get on that national stage and make a national championship. You're not just going to the top two to five schools. You have a disbursement of players. Maybe the ACC is better again. Maybe some players go to Florida State, you know, maybe maybe Miami, maybe North Carolina. Like, speaking of North Carolina. What a running attack. And Miami. <laughs> what a terrible defense. <laughs> wow. But uh, anyways, I think it could be good for all college football. I'd play devil's advocate a lot and argue both sides of the fence, all sides of the fence. But, I mean, give me eight teams. Sure. Give me ten. I don't care. It let's, seems let's like, Paul, it seems like you just convinced Zach uh, to be Here's on your thing. side of it. I don't know what I believe. I mean, look, more football. I don't think anyone's opposed to that. Football. You know, I mean – I'm not. I agree. I'd take some more football. Who doesn't love playing foosball with the friends? Uh, Zach also made a suggestion off the pod too that like you see all these conference, all these uh, bowl games that sort of discredit the big bowl games that you have out there. Zach, it was a genius idea. Cut these crap bowls. The holiday bowl is dumb. Stop it. Like, does South Carolina need to go to another Music City Bowl or a Champs Sports Bowl? Like, does Clemson need to go to the Meineke Car Care Bowl and lose the South Florida? No. Well, These are memories I have because of shit bowl games. And it's like, if you have ten bowl games, you have eight bowl games, and you keep the current playoff, four teams, the Cincinnati's of the world, the Coastal's of the world, where you go undefeated and you still don't get a chance for the national championship because of big football. <laughs> I hold my hands in the air and I'm drawing out big football. And uh, which is the Alabamas of the world, the Clemsons of the world, who won't let the little man in there. But if the little man... If they're both undefeated and they go to the Sugar Bowl and there's only eight bowl games on all Christmas holiday season and you're one of them, hell yeah. Because you're probably going to go to the NFL if you go off for 200 yards as a running back in that game. 
you facts. know or so that's that's big facts i totally agree with that um and one thing with that too is i mean you already see it this year in a year with pandemic and obviously i think there's going to be some just safety precautions but you see virginia tech uh declining bowl uh bowl invite you see literally multiple big program names that don't make a playoff all the time declining small bowl games because they're like what's the point in going to that like i get it money rules the world but bowl games kind of used to mean something you know like the peach bowl used to be awesome like the gator bowl like those things were sick and like don't even exist because they just get bought out by different sponsors every year and no one cares no one cares when a six and five syracuse is playing a five and seven louisiana raging cajuns no one cares but the bad daddy mower bowl, Zach. What about it? <laughs> <laughs> the the Tampax Pearl exactly. shootout. I can't. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> the Tampax Pearl shootout. I love it. I love it. Okay, NFL guys. Um, there's obviously we've had some. We've talked about the playoffs. Playoffs looking about the same. A little change. Uh, the Buffalo Bills now look to be a very strong contender. I think in the AFC One with a week's huge go by win. And Buffalo's the number one in everyone's power rankings now. <laughs> Is that what happened? Man, I'm gonna say Josh Allen, completely different Better quarterback from Mahomes. last year. We're done. I don't think so, but he's completely different from last year. That man is throwing dimes compared to just trash out there last year. Um, and this, I mean, it, the team looks great. And they were able to uh, get a big win over a one-loss Pittsburgh Steelers team. I will say Big Ben did seem to struggle in general. Just I think you sort of saw his age in that game a little bit as far as not getting the ball downfield, things that you're sort of seeing with Tom Brady right now, just those aging quarterback signs. Um, but still, huge win for the Bills. Zach, you... Had Paul or you and Paul were talking as far as the Monday night game, crazy game with Lamar and uh, Baker. Yeah, so uh, pretty much everyone in the world expected Baker to like fall flat on his face, right? Like that's a universal accepted thing. Like Monday night football, Baker against the uh, Ravens, gonna play horrible because that's all we've seen up to this point. Is he'll do good, he'll bring, he'll reel you back in a little bit. He's like, look, look at these four touchdowns. And then uh, he went two touchdowns, two picks. You said it. He was due for a two-pick day. But Baker played well. I mean, he threw a late third-quarter interception, but after that he basically went perfect to end the game. He, like, brought them almost all the way back. However, Lamar Jackson was running wild the whole game. Only had, like, 61 passing yards until, like, the fourth quarter. But he took a leave of absence mid-game, Daniel. What happened? All right, so Lamar Jackson, mid-game, had to just go. He left, left field. They put in Trace McShorley. Terrible situation. First off, before we even get to Lamar, terrible situation for Trace McShorley. My my heart goes out here, man. He gets put out there because Lamar has to step off the field for a second. He injures his knee in the process of just sort of filling in for a second that here's is the thing. terrible here's the thing lamar didn't lose his helmet and had to sit out of play lamar didn't have a cramp he supposedly had a cramp but what cramp sends you in a full sprint to the locker room bathroom daniel Okay, listen, Lamar Jackson... Cramp in your rectum. <laughs> a cramp of the belly that is falling to the rectum. That man had to take a shit, all right? So, Paul, you're a Celtics fan. First-hand experience. Paul Pierce supposedly left a game to go number two. My boy. Yeah, he admitted it. 
You've seen this. He admitted it. Oh yeah. So so we have confirmed visuals on what happens in these scenarios. Players will play it off in the moment, and they'll admit later. Paul, did Lamar poop his pants? Not poop his pants. Did Lamar go poop mid game? I see no other explanation. The way I saw it, man, if you go watch the video, because obviously we got video cameras everywhere in football stadiums now, so I'm surprised we didn't even have like a bathroom camera. Like we could have easily, <laughs> they could have thrown, gone the bathroom camera, would have been stunned. But they had the camera outside the locker room. You catch Lamar sort of leaving the field into the tunnel. You follow him up the tunnel, and then it flips to the camera right by the locker room door. He comes around the corner. Man, he's going in that door full speed, as fast as you can when you're clenching your back end. <laughs> and he literally nearly decked a guy in the, the coming out the way because he just he was like, dude, get out the way. I have to use a toilet. Um, we must make it. I hope he wasn't mic'd up that night. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, man. And, like, it's so funny because, like, people were talking, like, it's crazy he had to do this. I mean, man, listen, Bill Belichick gave somebody a game ball because he successfully went and took a poop on the sideline without any cameras ever catching him. He got a game ball for that. Paul Pierce. What? Seriously, go look that story up. Go look go look that story up. That is a real story. That is crazy Bill stuff. Bill Belichick. In public. He pooped on the sideline of a game and never got caught, and he With got like a one game of those ball. pop-up tents? Something like that. I guess he went in the tent. Look at that. Look at that. literally has pop-up bathrooms pop-up on the sideline. Bath- so that's, if that's the story... So, not impressed. Well, I'm, I'm guessing it was a little while back, if and this man was sneaky. Like a third and down, third down and short. The whole stadium's focused on the field. This guy, like, this is my moment. Goes over here against the wall, pops the squat, like <laughs> legendary, sneaky. <laughs> he got a game ball. I would assume it was a legendary move. But it was a Lamar Jackson moment. He exactly. had to go. I'm just much respect to Lamar who made it because in the Paul Pierce situation we talked about, Paul Pierce did not make it, guys. He didn't go poop in the bathroom. He got carried off the court in a wheelchair. In a wheelchair because he pooped his pants and couldn't leave the court himself. All right, Lamar gonna, made it. I'm gonna there. go ahead and take over the pod, and we're moving on. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Do we so, have anything else? I don't think that's, I think that's all we got. NFL, we have oh. the Bills are serious in Lamar's bathroom experience. All right. And a uh, bunch of linemen, number 65. We're going to give it to Gary Zimmerman. He was a tackle. All pro. Hall Is that of Famer. the son of uh, oh. co- the head coach of the Vikings? Well, he's a Hall of Famer. Mike Zimmer? Ah, he is Mike Zimmer. He's a Hall of Famer from the uh, 80s, so I don't think he's the son of the coach. A brother father is what I was thinking. Oregon, third overall pick. Wow. He actually had had some pretty cool things go on. But anyways, hey, (laughs) 65. Anything, Paul? Thanks for coming. Paul, we appreciate you being on. You want to plug yourself? Anything? You got anything to plug? Um, I don't. I wish I did. That's Paul Stagall, guys. We appreciate y'all listening. This is Movie Sports, episode 65. Follow us, like, subscribe, all that stuff. You know how it works. Show your grandma. Yep. Thank you for listening to A Very Moody Sports Show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Stay tuned next week for more hot takes and good predictions. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow on Apple iTunes and Spotify, A Very Moody Sports Show. And also on social media, Moody Sports Page. That's M-O-O-D-Y Sports Page, all one word, on social media. And check out our website, MoodySportsPage.com. See you next week, guys.